0: Hi there, and welcome to the podcast, Life as a, a show intently focused on helping people find their professional pathway by exploring and unearthing the details of jobs from around the world. I'm your host, Christopher Schoenwald. It's easy and perhaps even lazy to say that everything we do within the world of business is finance driven. Yes, of course, p statements matter. The company's success, whether that of your own or someone else's, rests on those numbers. In theory, every undertaking is linked up and purposely matched to an end goal of creating more business, more revenue, and more success. This approach is the norm. However, we as humans are not machines. I would suspect that at times other non-profit driven ideologies creep into our consciousness and drive us forward in ways that don't always make the most complete financial sense. Our reasons could be sentimental, passion-based, or humanitarian slanted. Have I lost you yet? Would an example of this line of thinking help? Well, don't fret. I have the perfect guest lined up today, complete with a story which succinctly captures the essence of what I just described. Phil Smith is a realtor, restaurateur, and community developer located in sunny Crystal Beach, Ontario, Canada. Since first becoming a licensed realtor at the age of 18, Phil's been attacking that line of work with vigor and vision, so much so that he's been fortunate enough to become a leading realtor together with his business partner, Sarah Randall of Phil & Sarah Real Estate Team. Who are consistently a top two or three pairing out of 1500 realtors in the niagara region phil's roots in the area run deep having grown up in the picturesque small township of fort erie ontario where a small lakeside village named crystal beach caught his attention and wonder many years ago this lakeside community is perhaps best known for its past with that being the famous Crystal Beach Amusement Park, which operated on the shores of Lake Erie for 100 years before closing in 1989. Once the symbol of the village of Crystal Beach, the park's closing took with it its hundreds of thousands of tourists from all across the province and south of the border, along with hundreds of jobs. Unfortunately, all of this ushered in significant community transformation one would consider far from desirable. Most businesses in the village of Crystal Beach shuttered. Many homes and cottages once full of families and market potential became vacant and sadly decrepit. The vibrancy, along with the hustle and bustle, steadily vanished. Phil, however, despite witnessing all of this, never doubted that Crystal Beach was an amazing place to live. Resultantly, he's been devoting the better part of his personal and professional efforts towards revitalizing the beach. Never one to shy away from challenge, Phil began to endeavor in the promoting of the Crystal Beach area and even investing in it himself. In 2008, he opened the South Coast Cookhouse, a local restaurant and bar, and one of his symbols of a new era. In doing so and experiencing success with this business, he also arguably and unknowingly cemented his own pathway forward to reinvigorating the community one business at a time. And slowly over the years, and by way of his own experiences and funding from his own real estate business, he began accumulating long abandoned and derelict commercial buildings. Once acquired, the goal was simple, renovate and revitalize the village. When the opportunity arose to purchase the largest building in town, a former 38-unit, mixed-use, 100-year-old building in horrible repair that made absolutely no financial sense, Phil, once again, decided to throw caution to the wind and go for it. Five years later, despite a lifetime of setbacks, shortages, a pandemic, and budget shortfalls, Derby Square, a once lively area near the beach and property of the aforementioned park, is bustling once again with an array of apartments, businesses, and soon-to-be-launched boutique seven-unit hotel. All of this development has truly helped to invigorate the street, village, and community by way of bringing new life, energy, and even outside investment from afar. And it all started with visions of more. More for the community and more for the area. These accomplishments, Phil has been part of, have been built on determination, hard work, and a vision for what can be rather than what was. With all that noted, Phil, it's an absolute pleasure to welcome you
1: to the show today. Well, thank you so much for that warm welcome. After listening to that uh, lead up, I'm feeling pretty good about myself right now. (laughs) It's a real uh, real confidence booster for sure. Thanks so much (laughs) for that
0: yeah well as you should i mean uh yeah it's like a highlight reel of all the things that uh that you've been doing and uh yeah i'm really excited to, to get into it all and hear more about it so yeah thanks for coming on
1: it's 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 my pleasure uh like i said I, i've listened to a number of your podcasts uh and you've had a, a wide array of, of guests and i sort of feel like well, one of these things does not belong and it's it's probably me but uh <laughs> i'll do the best i can and and uh, hopefully you have some uh, listeners out there who can get something from it, and um, I know I'm really going to enjoy it, so you to get oh, started. Oh, yeah. Oh,
0: yeah. No, I think it'll be great. So why don't we get right into it, Phil? I've got the first segment, something called Coloring Wikipedia, and basically it's a segment where I just read off a definition of what the guest does. I like to do it for a couple of reasons. One, it brings everybody up to speed on what it is that you actually do. And also, two, it offers kind of like nice jumping off point where you can kind of dive into, you know, what it is exactly that, that you're involved with. So let me read that off for you, and I, I actually went with the definition of community development, if that's all right. Sound good? I like that. Yeah, that's good. Right. I like okay, that. let me read that off, and then within the context of what you do, I'll have some uh, questions for you. So here goes, community development. The United Nations defines community development as a process where community members come together to take collective action and generate solutions to common problems. It's a broad concept applied to the practices of civic leaders, activists, involved citizens and professionals to improve various aspects of communities, typically aiming to build stronger and more resilient local communities. So there it is. Now, within the context of what you do in Crystal Beach via your real estate business and everything else, restaurant business and all the rest, you know, what would you say to that definition?
1: Well, I think it's, uh, it's, it sounds pretty good. I mean, I like the community aspect of things. And like, when I think of community, I think of um, kind of like, how everything fits together, right. And so a lot of times, things that I do, you know, don't, like you alluded to in the intro, like don't make a lot of sense in the short term, like financially. Or I think that it's like something that could benefit the community and like ultimately you just believe that if you can do enough of those things that it's all going to start to come together. But I mean it all it all is community. Like for me, you know, living in this community and growing up in this community, it's uh, you you mentioned another word passion and it's kind of a passion uh, project for for me, but it all comes back to community. You gotta love the community you live in.
0: And um, and I do. Well said. I think that kind of brings it all together in a nice way there. So I do have another question here within the segment. And in terms of, I guess, your workload, like what is a typical day, week, or month for you? I mean, you've got so many things going on between the the real estate business, you know, the, the community development side, you've got the bar, restaurant, like, is there such a thing like a typical day or is it just all sort of scattered?
1: Well, the only thing that's typical about each day is that there's a lot of work to be done. But like I guess that's part of you know what makes it so enjoyable for me anyways uh, is that it doesn't doesn't seem like work because I'm doing things that i that I like to do. but but for me, like I'd rather have you know each day have ten or fifteen things that I got to get done that are all different, and it it just allows um, things to be interesting and different. And there's no real, you know, every day is different. And and sometimes I wake up in the morning, I feel like, okay, today, I'm gonna to be doing this. And then within a couple hours, you're doing something completely different. And that's, sometimes that's good. And sometimes that's bad. But I guess the only consistency, you know, throughout each day is that there's there is a lot of work to be done. And a lot of things that that, um, that pop up. And but honestly, Chris, like, I really enjoy that. And I think that's probably, you know, one advantage that I have is all these things that I've that I've sort of got myself involved with are things that I at the end of the day don't really seem like work. Like, like, you know, there's that saying, like, if you, if you do something uh, that you love, you'll never work a day in your life. Right. So it's a lot of work. It's a lot of time, but it's also things I really feel passionate about. And so it's just, you know, it's just kind of, uh, balancing and, and, uh, you know, just, kind of head down and try to get everything done you possibly
0: can. Yeah, so. yeah, I hear you, I hear you. And I think
1: there's there's a lot of
0: you know value in that as well. I mean, it keeps everything fresh. You know, you're using different parts of your brain, you're analyzing things in different ways and then you're involving yourself in different ways. And also not only that, like the types of people that you're interacting with are gonna be different too. And yeah, I, I would think that it keeps everything fresh and uh, keeps you charged in ways and, and on your toes, certainly, obviously. yeah. You know.
1: It, so. it can be invigorating, you know, you, you know, in, in, in all the different jobs and stuff, you run across people that, that, you know, can, can give you energy and, and, and give you insight and, you know, there's good days and there's bad days, but at the end of the day, like it's just trying to keep making progress and, and uh, do a good job at all these things that I've uh, I'm involved with and, you know, to know that tomorrow is another day and you can wake yeah. up early and start over and do it again.
0: Yeah, that's right. That's right. And, and again, probably, you wake up, well, what am I going to be doing today? It's going to be a little bit different than the day before. And uh, yeah, I mean, that, that must be quite rewarding.
1: I guess uh, we alluded to this before we, we started recording that, like like waking up in the morning implies that you were sleeping. But, um, you know, I think that one of my struggles has always been, a, you know, it's difficult to sleep because your your mind's just racing about, you know, not only things that you wanted to get done that day, but the things that you have to get done the next day. And so it's uh I guess sleeping can be something that is uh, a little bit of a struggle sometimes but uh sometimes people will say to me like oh like how do you find time in the day for all this stuff and I find, I said well ever since I gave up sleeping you know I was there's like 4 or 5 hours every night that I was just wasting sleeping but now that I've given up that habit I find I'm and a that lot bad better. habit
0: yeah I was able to keep
1: that habit yeah yeah but
0: yeah. uh <laughs> no I hear you I hear you yeah Oftentimes even for myself too I mean that's something that I uh you know I, I struggle with, or I have since I've started this podcast, to be honest. And it's, it's not driven by like stress or anxiety. It's more of on the opposite end. I'm like, I'm truly excited. I'm like I've got this great guest coming up and I want to ask this, this, this. And then even beyond that, I have this other person that I want to contact and I've got to follow up yeah. on this, but it's all stuff that I'm really excited to do. It's like passion driven, but you know, the it's wild, of like- it sometimes is it just amps me up too much that <laughs> I'll wake up at three in the morning and I just can't get back to sleep, you know? And it's just, yeah. Like, it's that, you know, so I hear There'll you. be
1: days uh, like, like, like for me as well, like there'll be days when there's, you know, something big scheduled to happen, you know, all these different contractors are showing up and, and all these trades are showing up. And I tell, I tell my fiance, I'm like, oh my God, I want I to get up early tomorrow morning at six. And she's like, oh, that sort of sucks. I'm like, no, I'm excited. Yeah. I'm excited to get up at six. Ready to go. It's almost like when you're doing what you love and you got yeah. different things on the go. Like every day is kind of like, almost like a Christmas morning, almost and like you're excited to get up and get at it. Like, it's yeah. not even like, Oh, my word, the alarm clock went off, I got to get up, like, I'm already awake, like, I'm, I'm excited to get at it, yeah. you know, more often yeah. than not. So I think, fun.
0: I think there's one of the first gems of this conversation is just that I mean, you know, in order to succeed, I think, and, and do what you're doing, or for in any line of work, you, you have to start there, you have to have that from within that fire that drive. And sometimes it's hard to get it initially, perhaps for some people, but if you can uncover it, it it can propel you forward in so many different ways and uh i would say that probably you know just listening to you in these first few minutes is certainly one of the elements that's uh, been driving a lot of uh, your success i would say
1: yeah i have this saying and, and or this sort of theory and i, I call it realtor's guilt because that's my my principal job or always has been but i think it could be considered to be like small business owner guilt or any sort of salesman guilt is that you know, as you alluded to in the entry, like my partner, Sarah, and I have had the good fortune of having some really good sales numbers and, and having done it for a long time. And and uh, so, we you know, we're one of the top teams in, in our area. And, you know, I can tell you that, hey, Chris, I sold, we sold, you know, 220 houses last year. And, and isn't that great and really sort of pump our tires up and good about ourselves. But what I mean by that is like, if I go to a a party, or I, I, and I I meet somebody and I say, Hey, I sold 220 houses. And they can be like, well, yeah, but you didn't sell mine. You know what I mean? Like, so like, there's always like this guilt, like, Mm. or this pressure you're putting on yourself to like, you know, if I don't sell that next house, it doesn't matter the ones I sold in the past. because to that person, I'm just a guy who couldn't sell their house. Like, you know, it's almost like, what have you done for me lately? And, And I think that you have to to be good in, in sales, regardless of what you're selling, there's almost like this sort of personal accountability and this sort of personal sort of striving for the next one. So, you know, I'm, I'm sort of like worried about the next sale more than I sort of celebrate the last sale If that makes sort of sense. And so I'm always kind of like, you know, looking forward at the next thing, because like I said, I could sell a whole bunch, but if I don't sell that one person's house, like to them, I'm a bum. I'm just a guy who couldn't sell their house. Right. So as long as you're like driven by that, sort of the next thing. And and uh, we've always had, I've always sort of been able to do that and sort of uh, get myself sort of pumped up and wired up to sort of onto that next challenge. Right. And so I think that's probably consistent throughout a lot of different uh, careers, you know, that sort of personal accountability and sort of not so much resting on your laurels, but like looking for like the, the next thing that you have to do. Yeah. That's
0: probably a good point to, to segue into our next uh, segment, uh, Q and a discovery. And I, I'm imagining that sort of ethos and, and way of life and living and, you know, on the professional side, is what's driven you for this community development. You you help establish one of the businesses, you get, you know, a building ready and you find tenants mm. for it. And then, okay, yeah. well, now I've got to get another one ready for somebody else who's got <laughs> this great business idea, but they have nowhere to take it. Like, well, I've got the next one for you. So, anyway, let's get into all of that stuff. I'm really excited <laughs> to hear about that. And maybe we could kind of start with, uh, you know, a bit of a history lesson here in a sense of the Crystal Beach area. I mean, I off the top sort of alluded to that, but, you know, I'd love to hear your perspective on it, maybe including some of your memories growing up, Crystal Beach Amusement Park, what the area meant to you, you know, all of that stuff. Maybe you could shed some light on all of that.
1: For, for sure. So, uh, so the village of Crystal Beach, I mean, from my earliest recollections growing up is, you know, was such a special place. And, and looking back at it, like, at the time, I thought it was normal, right? Like, I thought it was normal that that, you know, being eight or nine or 10 or 11 years old, and like my babysitter was an amusement park, right? And, you know, me and my brother, my mother was a single mom, and and like a lot of single moms working two or three or four jobs, and, and uh, was incredible. Honestly, she would give me and my brother, you know, $5 a day, and we'd go down to the park, and they let us into the this amusement park by ourselves as these beach kids, and we'd have enough money to, you know ride all the rides and and get uh, get lunch and kind of be home by five o'clock and and looking back at the time i thought well this is kind of like normal like i think it was such an amazing childhood to be able to have that experience to ride roller coasters frontwards and backwards and and um kind of fall asleep uh, in my bed to the sounds of other people on the roller coaster and and cheers and, and all sorts of stuff and and yelling going on like that was just kind of normal but like it was such an amazing childhood to grow up in that and then you know, all that sort of was now when I was like 10 or 11 or 12, like to me, the park was like the most grandest place on the, on the face of the earth. But at the time it was sort of withering and it was sort of, sort of at the tail end of its, uh, of its life. Cause it closed in 1989 when I was 11 years old, but, uh, it was just an amazing childhood. Now when the park closed, you know, along with it, you know, the biggest attraction, it was the biggest employer and, and things really, really changed. And uh, in the mid 90s, you know, when I was a high school kid to live in Crystal Beach was kind of like, oh, like, I don't know if you, you know, we were beachers. I don't know if it was something that you were most people were, you know, proud of at the time, I guess, because the community was kind of run down and derelict. But I was always like, strangely proud or that I was from Crystal Beach, you know, and, yeah. and, um, and I, I would sort of you saw these buildings sort of that once had life sort of even as a young kid, like sort of like, the lights turning out and the boards going up and, I've always like been somebody that wanted to like redo things or or breathe mm-hmm. some life into things or like love things that 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 no one else loved. And I I, I saw the potential in it pretty early on. My my grandfather I was a huge influence in my life. You know, we'd drive around Crystal Beach and he'd say, oh, I, you know, this used to be that and this, you know, and and uh he bought some buildings too and sort of fixed them up and he'd take me along with them and I'd be you know, eight or nine years old and on his work site just kind of cleaning up lumber and stuff. And I I always like kind of had this affinity for wanting to breathe life into things that mm-hmm. that uh, you know kind of were kind of run down. So yeah. it's uh it was uh I was lucky to be able to you know end up in I guess in the business that I'm in. But you know, Crystal Beach was just such a special place. Like it just you know it had these memories for me personally. And I, I hear memories from people that grew up in Crystal Beach who are older than me that what it was like to grow up in the 60s and the 70s and and uh, geez, what an, what an amazing place uh, to grow to grow up and to live. And um, I've never, I've I've never fallen out of love with Crystal Beach. I suppose. Yeah. I mean, I, I just love it more and more and more as I've gotten older and look at it from a different perspective.
0: Yeah, yeah. No, thanks for sharing that. You know, for some of the listeners of this program too. I mean, they wouldn't be familiar with this, but yeah, you know, I myself am actually also from Fort Erie, from the same town. And uh, yeah, I remember as well driving through Crystal Beach. Of course, I have the memories of the park. You know, and we're about right. the same age. Going to that yeah. park quite a bit. I mean, so many fond memories. It was so much fun. And you're right. I mean, during those times, like I had no idea, like it was towards the end. Although I do kind of remember every year in the paper, I was like, oh, is this the year it's going to close? Is this the year yeah, the last I last of like. I do remember there's always yeah. like things about that debate on it and all this because of the history. And it, back in its day, I mean, it was drawing people from all over the place and uh, it had an, an illustrious yeah. history. You know, a lot of Americans coming over the border. You know, this yeah. is a border town as well yeah and then a lot of fun memories even now like people have facebook pages and they're still sharing photos and recollecting about this and that and yeah yeah it was a special place aside from that fact as well i mean just where it's situated like right on the shores of lake Erie, and it's really quite picturesque you'd have that the big roller coaster the comet you know overlooking the beach and it was just it was just perfect picture perfect
1: oh yeah like you you came over that second turn in the con on the roller coaster was called the comet as a 11-year-old kid, you think you're going right into the lake. Like, it was just kind of mind-blowing. But, yeah, the park, I mean, people, hopefully people maybe can Google it who don't know about it. But it was really the going concern in the 40s, 50s, 60s. You know, it was kind of, that was kind of the golden era. Um, It drew people from all over Western New York and and Southern Ontario and all all around the world. And it wouldn't be uncommon for there to be 100,000 people You know, attend that park in in a long weekend. You know, little little Crystal Beach is a hundred thousand people here, and all the opportunities that those people brought. So it was really kind of the going concern, and then you know got to be like this the 80s and the 90s. And and uh, one of the things, one of the drawbacks of Crystal Beach is it wasn't very big. Like the park wasn't very big. I think it might have been like 40 acres or something like that. And there was big mega parks being opened up in Toronto and in Buffalo that were you know had 800 acres and and could have you know 10 roller coasters, whereas Crystal Beach only had two. So. You know, things kind of changed, and and uh, you know, when people's tastes change, there's more competition. But it'll never take away from those memories that people have uh, of the park, and and uh, and myself included. But I'm I'm uh, I hate to say it, but I'm just had a birthday. I turned 44. Anyone younger than me now probably not going to have those personal memories that I was lucky enough to have. So it's kind of like those personal memories. The older we get, is fewer people that have those connections to Crystal Beach. So for me and the stuff that I've been doing with development and trying to do with development is less about like being stuck in the past. I always say this, like, it's one thing to be sort of, it's one thing to remember the past and to pay tribute to the past and to leverage the past, but it's another thing to be sort of stuck in the past, right? So like, I think that my goal for Crystal Beach is always to kind of reinvigorate it, but not just to replicate what was here 30, 40, 50 years ago. Like the times have changed, so, uh, you know, you want to sort of redevelop in, in a sense that pays tribute to the past, but it's not exactly as like it was yeah. like, you know, it's a new crystal beach, but it, yeah. it, it can thrive and it can be somewhere that people want to live and, and work and visit and play and you know, all those sort of things. But mm-hmm. it doesn't have to be, you know, a, a walk up uh, hot dog stand like there was in the 60s or something like that. Right. It can be something right. different.
0: Right, right, right. Um, in terms of, I guess, your involvement in the community development side, when when did you decide to take on this, like, gargantuan task of basically, like, like I said, reinvigorating, revitalizing this whole community? You know, like that, that was a big, what's been a big undertaking, and it continues to be, I'd imagine. But, uh, you know, when, when did this begin? When did these thoughts sort of take shape?
1: I I don't know, to be honest with you. Like, I started out, as you alluded to, I was, I, uh, I had a co-op. Uh, it, with a real estate office when I was 16 years old. So a co-op is for those who don't know, like you sort of, you're in high school, but you go to work for a real estate office and they sort of show you the ropes and you see, Hey, is this a career for me kind of thing? And I did that for two years, actually when I was 16 I was 17, and 17, I thought to myself, well, this is pretty cool. I, I kind of like this. I think I might be okay at it. So I, uh, I took the course and, and um, became a realtor. And I remember when I took the course, you know, everyone sort of graduated and, and people were going out for drinks. To celebrate but i wasn't old enough to drink so i kind of i think i just kind of went home because i wasn't old enough but I, uh, I i don't know i just sort of evolved and and i always thought like wow somebody should do something with these buildings and i, I always you know in my sort of i sort of focus on crystal beach because that's kind of the area that i knew number one and number two is the area was sort of run down that there really wasn't a lot of people who were realtors who were trying were knocking on people's doors trying to get business down there in fact i would have uh a lot of sort of seasoned realtors with the fancy blazers uh say hey phil like you know i got this chance to list a little house on crystal beach like do you want to take it and i'd be like okay that sounds good in my squeaky voice and um and i was like do i owe you anything they're like no just just take it right so i had i had this i've been t- i've told this story many times i had these little certificates drawn up and it said list your house with me and i'll cut your grass for free and because i was 18 years old i had to sort of set myself apart and uh, one thing I was long on was, was energy, right. And enthusiasm. So I didn't have the experience, but I thought, well, what can I do? And uh, a lot of the people that own these cottages, they weren't coming over much other than just to like cut the grass. So I figured I'll cut the grass. So I'm, I'm pretty sure I got a lot of listings back then uh, just, you know, people didn't think they'd actually sell, but at least I would cut their grass. So uh, this is back when cottages were, you know, 25,000, $28,000 or whatever they were. And I would sell it and I get my commission check and I just have enough Money left over to buy more gas to fill up my lawn more. <laughs> but um over the years, like during these times you're sort of getting to know the market and you're getting to know yourself and you're getting to be comfortable and those cottages you know over time from went from twenty five thousand dollars to forty thousand dollars to fifty five thousand dollars to eighty thousand dollars and and I was there the whole time you know knocking on these doors and making these calls and and kind of becoming i guess a name that was known in this area so now that things are a lot better, I, you know i've i'm sort of um, getting some benefit of those, you know, those sort of darker times when I was sort of slugging it out. So I guess from a business point of view, it seems like not everything is going to have like immediate results, right? So some of it's kind of a long play and I was kind of in it for the long haul. And, and uh, a lot of those seeds that I planted, you know, 20 years ago or 25 years ago are just sort of blossoming now. <laughs> so it's, um, but uh, yeah, I, as far as like the community development, like I just found myself saying, Hey, this area has so much potential. I'd be showing a house and say, hey, the, you know, this is going to happen and and uh, this, that's going to happen and things are getting better. And you finally sort of like say, well, wait a second, why don't I, you know, maybe I could take a stab at this. And, and a lot of uh, the commercial billings and things, like it wasn't like anybody else wanted them. Like, no, they were just sitting there kind of. So I I mean, I call the owner. They'd always be like, are you sure you want this thing? Like, I'm, you know, like, okay, I think I could do it. And I was just kind of like just naive enough and just energetic enough. And just a dreamer enough that it maybe it can make sense of it. Right. And, you know, I I alluded to driving around with my grandfather and he would say to me, hey, hey, see that house over there? I could have bought that house in 1970 for $12,000. And I would say, well, like, why didn't you? And he'd say, well, I had your mother and your aunt and your grandmother. I, I, you know, I just wasn't the right time. And early on, I remember very vividly riding in the truck and say, well, I never want to be somebody who like is driving around and saying, hey, see that over there? I could have done this. I wanted to be somebody who said, you know what, see that over there? I did it and it worked or it didn't work, but I tried it and I went for it. And I always thought to myself, you know, having not been born like not with a silver spoon in my mouth, that the worst thing that was ever going to happen is that I would start back at the beginning. I'd I'd go, I have to go back to where I started and I had just enough confidence in myself that I'd be able to do it again, you know, and I'd be able to sort of build it back up again if things went wrong. And so I always wanted to be somebody that said, I was looking, always looking for reasons to do something, Mm. not looking for reasons to not do that. Something, you know what I mean? Like I just wanted to be somebody who went for it and I was able to go for it enough. And, and, you know, some of the cards fell my way and some of the breaks went my way and, and you alluded to some of it from hard work and some of it from determination and some of it from just blind faith. Um, Some of it luck, uh, but things, you know, have sort of trended in the right direction so far. So fingers crossed that it'll keep going.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Oh, there's a second gem of this conversation. I would say, you know, you're throwing them all out there, Phil. I mean, this is oh, great. Uh, yeah. It, it, inspirational stuff though. I think for any listener, I mean that, that sort of ideology and way of looking at things applies to so many different, you know, people and, yeah. and, and what people are doing and professional mm-hmm. careers and everything. I mean, like it's that, it starts with a sort of an attitude a vision, an idea and uh, or an ethos even, you know, I'm returning yeah. to that word.
1: And it's so. not like, it's not, I guess, like some of it's just like confidence you know in yourself you know that ultimately if you want something enough and you're willing to work hard enough and you know sprinkle in some breaks and some good fortune that that you can make it happen you know yeah. like you really can make it happen and so yeah. it's like it's it's confidence in your abilities not not overconfidence or cockiness but just like confidence that you're gonna you have the tribe to get it done and whether it's yeah. you know buying commercial buildings or whether whatever your business is right like you've got to start out with that sort of confidence that yeah you know what heck i'm going to go for it and the worst thing that's going to happen is it's not going to work out but uh but i'll 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 learn from it yeah that's exactly you learn from it right
0: you sort of yeah yeah that's right that's right i mean it's all how you sort of like mentally compartmentalize and put things in their places, their proper places, I guess, you know, with a bit of hindsight, I guess, or sort of a macro perspective there of all of it, rather than just being caught up on the fear of it, or, you know, worrying about what others think. And uh, no, I think, uh, I think the way you just described it uh, was nice. I mean, I think uh, a lot of listeners will really enjoy that. I think it's it's a, a good reminder for anyone. So yeah, thanks for sharing that. I've got another quick question here. In terms of this community development role, I'd imagine that you had to take on like a whole bunch of different sort of skills and abilities over the course of the years. You know, even, for example, you know, some of the things that you were doing might have involved a little political will and action, you might have had to do a bit of schmoozing on some of those sides of things. But but what else? I mean, what else have you sort of added to your repertoire as far as like skills and abilities over the course of I don't know, these last 10. 15. Well,
1: like there's different type of learners, right, out there. Like everyone sort of learns differently. And some people, um, you know, go to university and, and and learn that way. I was more like just jump in and sort of try to figure it out. You know, I mentioned we opened up, I opened up a restaurant in 2008. And I remember the guy that was helping me financially, we had done a couple of smaller things together, some houses and buying and selling. And we're in this burnt out building. And that was a restaurant because it had, had a fire. And he's like, have you ever... Have you ever worked in a restaurant before? I said, No. And he said, Well, you know, have you know, do you know any more restaurants at all? I said, I said, no, I, I really don't. And he said, Well, do you really think you can do this? And I said, Well, my mom thinks I can. And that's the truth. My mom thought I could. She's like, You could do this. That's awesome. So I'm like, he's like, Well, all right. And I said, Well, you know, I, I really think I can get it done. So, like, you know, learning how to how to open up a restaurant, learning how to run a restaurant, that was all sort of stuff that was sort of on the fly, but you know, whether it's that business or whether it's like you said, you know, working, you know, through different bureaucratic processes that no matter where you're listening to this podcast from, and no matter what job you're in, if you're trying to get things done, chances are you have to deal with some bureaucracy, you know, how to, how to deal with that. Like, there's a lot of similarities in all those things, like starting a business and, and dealing with, you know, different bureaucrats and, you with different challenges. Like, a lot of the stuff that you have to do is, is similar, right? Like it's just kind of knowing how to work with people uh, knowing how to give and take knowing how to uh, ultimately no matter what business I'm in or anybody's in like, it's like dealing with personalities and dealing with people. So I really feel like maybe the best skill that I've learned how to deal with people, you know, Mm. how to manage expectations, how to, you know, achieve a goal, how to uh, advance something that you want to do and, and, and get other people on board. Right. So I think that's probably the thing that I've learned the most is, is how to deal with people, how to give and take, how to, how to, um, you know, sort of move what I want to do along at the same time as, you know, doing it in such a way that it achieves their goals too. Yeah. The people that have the ability to affect change as well. So, yeah, I guess that's the number one skill. I mean, there's a whole bunch of like business things that, geez, I, I still think I'm kind of a novice at, but there's always, you can't stop, uh, can't stop learning, you know what I mean? Like, there's always—I guess when you think that, like, oh, I learned everything there is, like that's kind of a huge mistake, probably. You know, always things you can learn from everybody. So, you know, I, I learned something new every day. <laughs> so whether I set out to learn it or not.
0: Yeah, yeah, you. I hear you loud and clear on that one. I—I th- I think I saw not too long ago, you know, maybe you posting something about your your sudden—I don't know, I w- maybe interest isn't the right word, but uh, out of necessity perhaps your your skills related to uh, to Pinterest. And designing.
1: Oh, right. Yeah. No, it's like like we could talk about the hotel for uh, it sort of dovetails a little bit with this, but yeah, like <laughs> I uh am not an architect, I'm not a designer, I'm not a hotelier, I'm not a restaurateur, other than the fact I own a restaurant. So I but I've had this sort of idea that I'd make this boutique hotel and uh you know each room would be a different theme. And I guess some people and maybe a quote unquote like real developer would would hire or a consultant or somebody to sort of help this vision sort of come to life but i don't have that luxury you know i got to be kind sort of down in the trenches and and do it kind of grassroots so yeah i've uh become quite adept at pinterest and etsy and ebay and facebook marketplace and and all these sort of um you know sites that you know have this sort of wild vision of what could be in one of these hotel rooms and you sort of search it out and find it out and sort of put it all together and it's uh it's funny, like, you know, the hotel is coming down to the home stretch now or hopefully be open in a month or so. But we're like installing like doorknobs that I bought two years ago that I just sort of had this vision of this is what it's going to be. And and now it's kind of like this wild, wild sort of realization that all these things that you've been sort of laying awake and dreaming about are actually kind of coming to reality a little bit. But, yeah, if anybody needs any tips on Etsy or Pinterest, um, let me know. And maybe I can help out.
0: There you go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Cool. Well. Another question here, and this is kind of connected to the community development, but then also to the real estate business. In the last little while, I mean, the the whole Niagara region, right, extending right up in up towards Toronto, has been a bit of a, a boom for the housing market. And I'd be curious to know how that those market dynamics have really affected things in terms of Crystal Beach and its own development.
1: Yeah, it, it's a, it's impacted things quite a bit. I mean. The village of Crystal Beach is, is a lakeside sort of community, kind of almost uh, you know 90 minutes away from Toronto, and Toronto is obviously one of the bigger cities in the world. So what's happening is you're getting a lot of people that are looking to give up that sort of hustle and bustle of the big city and sort of move their way down to sort of a slower pace, right? And, and the nice thing about Crystal Beach is it's very bikeable, very social, very walkable. It's uh, a lot of people want to end up in a community like this, and obviously it's right by the you know, sandy shores, like the, honestly, like the, the beach, you know, this, you've had your, your toes in the, in that sand, you know, South facing Sandy beach, Sandy bottom, it's a beautiful place to live. Mm -hmm. So we're getting a lot of people that are, you know, young, active retirees coming this way from the GTA, you know, as prices rise in Toronto, there's people that are, you know, selling and cashing out and kind of coming down this way. Now, the thing is with Crystal Beach is it can only grow so much. It's kind of hemmed in a little bit. So supply and demand, I learned in high school about supply and demand from my entrepreneurship class yeah uh, mrs simski uh, hello mrs simski and um and so what we have is a lot of people coming to the area and there's not a lot of supply demand is high so prices uh, have risen quite a bit so with new people you know with with there being more people living here more parts of the year you know comes opportunity right like comes yeah. like now all of a sudden like we talked about community billing well there was no stores there was no uh, services uh, when we opened south coast in 2008 like that was really kind of the only thing on the street yeah. um so with these people they come and say well you know we need a butcher and we need a uh, a florist and we need uh, more restaurants and we need a spa and we need places to shop so with with people, with rising prices came people, or I guess with people came rising prices. Uh, but there also, you know, came opportunities as well. Uh, and and so, like we're in that phase right now, where there's, you know, people, you know, good young business people, good business people are seeing these opportunities and are going for it, just like I went for it. And um, you know, I encourage a lot of these people, a lot of these people, these people are tenants of mine in these commercial buildings. And, and I'm 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 so encouraged and so enthused that there's other people that see what I see. Yeah. When I was, you know, t- 15 years ago, it was tougher to convince people, I'd be like, hey, they're gonna do this and that, we're gonna have all these stores and people are going to want to live here and shop here and people are like okay sounds good phil like uh that i'm sure that'll happen and then but now that people can actually see it more there's more and more believers in what can happen And it's so i always said to myself i'll know i'm on the right track when there's other people want to do what i'm doing or other people will say hey i want to i want to do that too and now there's so like every day i get calls from people that that are good business people that are in other parts of Ontario, other parts of, of the region that say, I have a business here, but I'm hearing that Crystal Beach is a place to be like, what do you got down there? What's going on down there? There And it feels really, really good. Like I have, I have a five-year-old stepdaughter and I have a six month old uh, son. And I got to feel like it's kind of like, when your kids are having success and 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 you sort of feel like you're so proud of them and yeah, and like yeah. I always imagined this could happen, I've always hoped this would happen, and it's kind of like that. Like Crystal Beach is, you know, kind of like my little baby, and it's kind of like learning how to walk and learning how to run, and it feels really really good to sort of see it take shape. So I know we talked about earlier about getting off in tangents so i think i might have gotten off on a tangent there. yeah oh, that's so a great time once in a while on. you have to recalibrate me back to the center <laughs> um and i'll get i'll get refocused no no
0: no these are all great tangents to be going down i mean it's so fun it's almost kind of like when you're just describing that last thing it's like a snowball it just starts at the top of the hill and it's just gaining momentum yeah. it's growing and you're getting these more businesses coming on board and then potential businesses are looking at the area. and like, well, this is here, this is here. Yeah. I could fit in now too. And then it just starts to build. And it seems to be, like you said, I mean, that metaphor that you used as a child, sort of, you know, growing, learning to walk. I mean, it's, it's well <laughs> on its way and it's, you know, it's catching people's attention. And uh, quite frankly, it was one of the biggest reasons too. Like I really wanted to explore all this because I've been watching it from afar. I've been away from 40 for geez, almost 20 years now. Um, But every year I'm back, you know, every summer. And uh, part of my routine would be driving through that area and just checking the development and what's been going on. And it feels as though in the last two or three years, haven't been back due to the pandemic. But just watching from afar and all the photos and everything else. I mean, really, really excited to see it all in person uh, this coming summer. So yeah, there's some neat things going on there, Phil. And uh, yeah, you should be excited about everything that you've been accomplishing. So
1: yeah, it's, it's, it's wild. It's wild to see it sort of start to come to fruition a little bit. And it's been a long road. Like, you know, I, I remember uh, not to get off in the story time here, but uh, I had a little tiny building that I bought in 2008 on, on Derby road. Derby road's the main road in town. And at the building, this building is only eight feet wide. Like it's the narrowest building in town. And uh, there was nothing, no other businesses on the street except for South Coast Cookhouse. I had this dog groomer and she was up in Ridgeway and she came in and said to my office and said, Oh, my, Landlord's raising my rent. like, I need a place to rent. I said, well, what about this place in Crystal Beach? And she said, well, Crystal, nah, Crystal Beach, there's no foot traffic down there. Nah, I don't know about that. And nothing's down there. And I said, oh, well, I kind of made my pitch and it didn't quite work. And you know, a week later, she came in again. And I finally had this epiphany. I said to her, I said, where do you get your hair cut? And she said, well, I get my hair cut in, in Niagara Falls or something. And I said, well, like 30 minutes away. I said, okay, well, what would happen if your hairdresser moved to another town? like, like, where would you get your haircut then? She said, well, I guess I would get my haircut in that town. I said, well, that's, that's kind of my point. Like, you know, like people will come to you, right? Like it doesn't matter whether you're in this town or that town, people are going to come to you because they want your service. So I started out with like trying to convince like the first few people I convinced to come down here were some of like, the toughest cells. Like there's nothing down here. I had to like give them free rent and like can really convince them even still to come down. And then as, more and more of those places relocated down here then it was easier to get the next ones and then as they relocated down here it was easier to get the next ones and that's kind of where we are right now where it's just like you know the next ones and the next ones is a bit easier it's a bit easier because they can see you know with their own two eyes you know what is happening and what can happen and they want to be a part of it and as you alluded to it feels really really good to having seen that sort of cycle uh, not that it's complete by any means, but it is trending in the right direction, it seems like. Yeah,
0: most definitely. And it must be quite meaningful in that sense. And also too, like just the, the community, how it's taking shape. It must be interesting in that way too. I and mean, you'd have people, some of the holdovers, maybe who who never left, perhaps. I don't know. Then, yeah. I don't know the numbers there, but I'm sure there's some. And then also you'd have some of the people that got in maybe a bit early. And then also, too, like the people who now are coming in where it is costing them a bit more money to move down to the area, as you mentioned, means supply and demand being an issue. Right. But also with some of that sort of group coming in, probably they're the ones who have some disposable income. They're the ones that want to do a lot of the shopping and and can spend, which ultimately then fuels a lot of these businesses which then yeah. hopefully allows for more businesses to see those opportunities as well. And it just starts to take off in that.
1: Yeah. Market, it's all, think. it's all kind of like, like step-by-step. Step. I call it community, yeah. like it's organic community building, yeah. right? Like in some communities it's like, like there's not much going on. And then all of a sudden like a, a a car plant opens up and then all of a sudden there's 200 jobs and then a, a town sort of springs up around the factory, but we don't have that. So it's kind of like a little bit of commercial activity, uh, sort of like allows for a little bit of residential activity, which allows for a bit more of commercial activity, which allows for somebody to come in and say, yeah, I'm going to build 20 houses, which leads to a little bit bigger commercial. So it's like, that's kind of where we are right now is like, it's kind of growing like in small increments and it sort of like takes on a life of its own. It's not forced. It's just kind of growing organically because people can see, right? Like when I used to sell houses in Crystal Beach, it'd be like, like, well, like where, like, where do people shop? And I'm like, well, on this street, there's going to be this and that. And, you know, give it time. And five years from now, it's going to look really, really cool. Whereas now, when I'm showing houses, I can say, hey, listen, on your way out of town, once you drive down this street, you're going to see a lot of things happening and people feel good about it. Right? And they, they want to come down. And because the thing you alluded to in Crystal Beach, there's all different types of people that live here, right? There's your longtime residents, there's your new residents, there's your American owners, there's your Canadian owners, there's there's young people, there's older people. It's diverse, um, which is it's great. diverse. But the one thing there's a common threat for almost everybody that lives in Crystal Beach. and that is they enjoy the social atmosphere. they enjoy the relaxed atmosphere that comes along with living in a, you know, your sort of classic lakeside community, right? Like, so that's the that's the thread, I think, that ties everybody together is that they're all in search of something. They're all in search of this sort of lifestyle. Mm. And living in Crystal Beach is very, very much a lifestyle. And being able to walk and ride your bike and and to all these sort of places and have a beer and do some shopping and not all be around the automobile, the car, I think it's really, really, like, I'm just trying to, build something that people want, right? And that they're after that. They want that lifestyle. So that's the common thread. People want to, you know, people want to, they get to a certain point in life and they want to enjoy themselves, right? And they don't have a beer on the back deck and, and go for a bike ride and have the grandkids down and go to the beach and, play some golf and like it's a very much a lifestyle and that's
0: no doubt no doubt i mean i think
1: it's what it is
0: yeah and the coolest thing is like you had these visions way back when and they're starting to come to fruition now and that's that's probably the the most compelling part of all of this you know to me quite frankly is because like you know, a lot of people might have these visions and we already talked about this point, but they just don't act on it. They don't follow through. They don't take the chance. They don't risk it. Whereas you did all those things. And yeah, yeah. We're starting exactly. to see some of, you know, the, the <laughs> results of all that. And uh, yeah, I mean, how cool is that? I've said that a few times. I, over.
1: I, I'll tell you, Chris, like it has been the, the ultimate struggle at times. Mm. And as as optimistic of a person as I am, as energetic a person as I am, I, I'd be lying to you. I'd be lying to your listeners if I told you I didn't have doubts. And I don't have doubts. Not, not that it could happen, but my ability to make it happen or my ability to contribute making it happen. You know, you mentioned like budget shortfalls and, and a global pandemic and, you know, just sort of having many, 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 many times when I thought, you know, Phil, I'm out of my depth here. I, I don't know. I, I I don't know how I'm going to, I don't know the path forward. Yeah. You know, I don't know how I'm going to get this done. And yeah, I'll tell you, I, how many sleepless nights I had just tossing and turning, Like, how am I going to make this happen? And basically like willing it uh, to get to this point, but there's always, there's always doubts. Like, am I doing the right thing? Am I doing it correctly? You know, could I be doing it better? Are there better ways to be more efficient and things like I just, not having that formal training, like I, I nothing to sort of fall back on, uh, other than just like my own sort of belief that I don't know, I can figure this out. I can sort of push it forward. And, uh, I don't know, like, I don't know that I've had success. I mean, I don't really know what the definition of success is. I don't know when I can say, like, I'm successful to be honest with you. Like I don't, but I feel like I keep setting these little goals and just trying to reach for them. Cause it's the only thing, only thing I know, you know, like I was talking to some of my finance guys and, and being just a small guy, you know, like you you need to rely on the support of others and the belief in others that, you know, I don't, sometimes I don't know how I'm going to get it done other than I'm just, I'm going to, I'm going to will it, I'm going to get it done and I'm going to figure it out on the fly. And it's just, and there's been lots of times I'm like, geez, I don't even know why I'm not too sure. But knowing that and knowing I've had those sort of moments, those sort of moments of self doubt and to be able to see it come to fruition, it feels, I guess, extra special because it's never been like this clear path. it's always been you know this a struggle and I don't know anything other than a struggle.
0: Yeah, I'm sure it, it probably hasn't been that linear path. It's been this way up down all over the place. <laughs> oh to, my god, it's been, <laughs>
1: right? it's been up down side to side and, and it's just but it's just there's there's never like you can set out all the you know when I first bought this most recent built like this big building that we're talking about, like I had to do a budget. And I had to do projections, and you know, I was funny. I was doing something the other day, and I sort of pulled up those projections from 2017, and the, and it's just ridiculous. Like it's not even close to to what was actually the case. So I've had to pivot a lot. I've had to sort of change on the fly a lot. Part of this, because I maybe I didn't know what I was doing well enough, but but other parts of it were you know like 2020, right? March of 2020 happened, and 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 COVID, and and all those sort of. You know changing on the fly and and of so just trying to figure it out by the seat of your pants and and for this building for the restaurant that i own for real estate everything was in flux and 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 everything was changing and what was the rule on friday was not the rule on sunday was not the rule on tuesday mm-hmm. it just kind of kept changing around so like the point i guess i'm trying to make is you can make all these plans and like that's good you need to have those plans at the baseline but ultimately you have to be able to change on the fly and adapt uh based on actual conditions that are happening and i guess uh I've been fortunate enough to be able to, you know, be able to adapt fast enough. I right, guess, right.
0: Well, so, it's no, certainly part um, of it. Yeah, yeah, no doubt. Well, I do have one last segment here, actually, Phil. We're just flying through this. I mean, I have 25 more questions I could ask you, but I will be here all fire, day. Fire away. Know. But this last segment, a crystal ball segment, yeah, as the name implies, if we're looking towards the future. Usually it's trends, predictions, so on and so forth. But I'd be curious to know, and we spoke about this a lot already, visions, you know, and and I think a lot of them were centered on the past of you having this particular vision, and then executing on it, basically, you know, you have a hotel there, you have the restaurants, you have all these shops and businesses, but maybe we could, uh, you know, fast forward a little bit here. What, what, what do you see in the next five to 10 years? I mean, I don't know how much you want to share, but uh, some of those dreams, <laughs> no, I, I mean, mean like what, what, what would be the next sort of like phase of development for Crystal Beach in that sense?
1: Well, well, I, you know, I think that as far as Crystal Beach has come, I I, I think that we're still scratching the surface of the potential. <laughs> here. So, there, so there's, there's lots, there's many, many more acts to this play. I think I'm so encouraged that, you know, to be approached by other, you know, um, very reputable, very uh, knowledgeable uh, people that want to get involved. Like that feels really, really good. So I think there's lots of things that can happen, but I also think like with development, like not all development is good development, right? People might think, oh, you're a realtor, you're a developer. Everything is like, let's just, you know, everything is good development, but it's not like, you know, whenever I, whenever I think of, you know, somewhere romantic, you know, whether it be like a night in the lake in our area or like, charleston or these different sort of communities uh you know that you think of like you would like to visit Uh, i don't know why i said charleston but that is one of them but i've been to like bar harbor and 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 like Mm. like like your newport rhode island and places like that they always have like a theme right like they always have a theme and everything's sort of historical and everything sort of plays into that theme so i think it's very important not only for crystal beach but any community that is experiencing growth to sort of look and say, well, what made us popular in the first place? What is our identity? What is our brand? And how are we going to accentuate that as opposed to, you know, totally, you know, go in a different direction just for the sake of development, right? Yeah. And I think of like some little towns, uh, you know, I don't, I don't want to say the name of the town, but there's some towns around here where like people come down and say, wow, this is a really cool little town. I love all these trees. Like, this is really cool. And then But in order to get them to move here or make space for them you got to cut down all those trees right Mm. or even in crystal beach i think of um you know oh i really like this area there's lots of colorful cottages and it's very quaint and very eclectic and very cool and then a developer comes in and just builds their sort of like side of the highway beige and brick you know townhomes that are no different than anywhere else so i think that i think a part of a big part of moving forward and, and maximizing what Crystal Beach can be or what any community can be for anybody out there listening is like identifying what mm-hmm. makes you popular in the first, what makes you attractive in the first place, and what sort of developments are going to fit into that, what kind of developments are going to accentuate Protecting
0: that. It. Yeah, 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 yeah. Protecting right? And just and sort of it, like,
1: right? so it could be the style of homes, it could be the colors, it could be a historical aspect, it could be uh, any of those things, like, but like any community is going to change, and don't be afraid of change. But how does that change fit in with what made you attractive in the yeah. first place? So I would be, I don't want Crystal Beach to become just a beige stucco. I hate stucco by the way, brick, side of the highway, just generic town, right? It's gotta make it, and yeah, yeah. Right. It's gonna be It's going to be wow like something about this area is different for people that want to live here for people that visit here like wow it's cool it's colorful it's different you don't see this everywhere else like it's just sort of like a lot of developers just want to come in and i've i've had lots of meetings with developers they'll say like i'm like well like what's your plan they're like well i'm going to build these you know townhomes that are big. i'm like it's not going to work here that's like not why people want to move here they want to move here to escape those things not (laughs) not in seeking not in search of those things so If I can advance or or Crystal Beach can be advanced to the point where this idea, this this look and this brand can be taken to a certain point, then developers or people will say, hey, listen, I want to build on this. I don't want to do anything that's going to be swimming upstream from this. I want to build on it. I want to add to it. And I think that's where we've had some success in the last few years is you're getting a lot of people, whether they're business owners or, or people like me, pulling in the same direction. And and as soon as you can sort of get people pulling in the same direction, man, oh man,
0: like that's where the momentum um, starts to take momentum,
1: and then you attract fresh ideas and you attract energy, and just like the like you said, the ball starts rolling downhill in, in in the right direction, and that's when you start to see this change happen before your eyes. But I think for anybody, like identify what makes your area special, and how can you accentuate that, and then how can you get the word out? You know, and and if you can make your community uh, different and unique, like there's value in that. There's value in that, you know? And I think that um, that's what I'm trying to do here and, and other people are uh, as well. So it's, it's. I guess that would be my crystal ball. I, I see Crystal Beach continuing to evolve, uh, continuing to uh, have a unique identity and a unique brand. Um, but at the same time, you know, taking um, uh, some more areas that could use some improvement and, and getting more people to sort of live here on a year round basis, and different types of housing but ultimately i want to have a community that is unique unto itself that is colorful that is friendly that is social i want to have a community where the type of community where you can park your car and uh on a friday after i'll this is a two-part number one park your car on a friday and not move it again until monday because you're nice. able to walk around and bike around yeah, and, and yeah, everything yeah. you need is within a bike block and then The second part would be like just forgetting that Friday and that Monday, where you can just kind of like it's always like that. There are opportunities to work, there's opportunities to to dine and to shop, you know, all within, you know, uh, a walk or a bike ride from from your front door. And I think that that's, you know, that's the way communities used to be back in the day. And I think that's um, we can circle back to that. I think there's a lot of benefits to having a community like that, and that's kind of what my without uh, that's my crystal ball. That's kind of where I see things going. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Um, it sounds also.
0: Also idyllic, you know, it sounds also idyllic and, and just, yeah, I mean, there's no reason why communities can't be shaped that way anymore. I think, like you said, I People are longing for this. They want this. Like, who wants to live in these townhouses? They're all the same color. They're all the same. Yeah. Like, just like there's no personality. There's no feeling behind any of that stuff. And and people recognize a, that, you know. And just a side of the highway,
1: generic town. I've had developers say to me, well, "Well, well, will they sell?" I'm like, "Yeah, because it's the only thing that's being offered." That's right. You know, I think most people would say, "Well, I'd rather not have that," but but yeah. that's all there was, right? But um, yeah, you know what? It's not going to be. It's not going to be a mcdonald's and a subway that create or or accentuate a community it's going to be a butcher and a baker and a candlestick maker and it's going to be people that are unique unique shopping experiences people that you want to support people that you want to believe in people that believe in your community and need your support and that's what makes a community unique and when i think of all the towns i visited over the last couple of years with this pandemic we haven't been able to travel too much but we're able to travel within ontario you know, like different little places at like Huntsville and Fergus and Penland Falls and all these sort of like little towns. I don't think of like the franchises on the outskirts of town in the shopping plazas and stuff. I think of the little downtown where there's like these little eclectic little shops. Like that's what I think of when I think of a town. And that's what I want people to think of when they think of Crystal Beach. It's not like, oh, you can get a $5 footlong, but you can go to, you know, this, uh, the, you know, Comet Subs, which just opened up and and you're going to get to know the owner and they're going to get to know you. And it's going to be a couple bucks more, but it's going to be so good and fresh and the whole bit. Like that's what that's what's going to move the needle, not just a one-off sort of cannibal type franchise is going to come to town. So that's my crystal balls. I think there's lots of room for growth. Uh, there's lots of positivity. There's lots of energy. We're heading in the right direction. I'm excited to see what the future holds. I'm excited that maybe I can play a small role in it, but I'm also excited that other people will come along and, and who have maybe greater abilities than me, and can sort of move the needle a bit further and a bit faster uh, than I've been able to is just kind of a one man band, uh, just sort kind of fumbling around in the dark, trying to trying to figure it out because I have this sort of vision and this sort of belief.
0: Well, on that note, Phil, I mean, yeah, it, it's also exciting. And uh, no doubt. I mean, I think you're you're well on your way to achieving all of this and so much more. So much more. That's what that's truly what is so exciting about all of this is, uh, I think people see the vision now, obviously they do. And I think everyone's kind of curious about what's going to be coming next. And I I really liked your answer about preserving a lot of this, because that is a key part, you wouldn't want to lose, you know, what's been built and, and part of that personality. But yeah. having that vision and recognizing that right away, I think, uh, you know, it stands a very good chance of of keeping things going yeah. in the
1: right way. So I, I, I yeah. think that's one of the most important things. That, sorry, I hope I'm not cutting you off there. But uh, one of the most important things we talked about before is like, is paying tribute to the past, but not being stuck in the past, right? So, you know, as any community is going to sort of change and grow, it's going to, you know, there's going to be some changes. And it's important to remember the past, but not also, you know, just do everything that used to be done. You know what I mean? Like you got to sort of reinvent yourself and yeah. and uh, pay tribute to the past, but not be stuck in the past. And I think that's a, a very important thing that I try not to be stuck in the past. Yeah, um, yeah.
0: Well, again, I really appreciate all the time that you've taken today to to share your story with listeners. And I think people from the area are really going to like it. And I think people from afar as well are, are going to enjoy this story. You know, they might uh, strike a chord with you know their own townships or people or places that they grew up in. And hopefully as well you know it might entice them to come down and check out crystal beach at some point well
1: we can definitely help them with that right with the new hotel hotel philco that's uh, going to be opening up a seven unit i hate to plug here but i mean I yeah, yeah, not, you can just edit this right out in post <laughs> nah, no, but no. um yeah i hope to open up the hotel in a month or so it's going to be a really cool uh spot it's kind of a boutique virtual type hotel that's all automated and uh, there's seven different themes and I think it's going to be able to have uh, introduced Crystal Beach to a whole new set of people, right? People that, um, you know, would be wanting to vacation here for a day or two, which in the past, we haven't been able to accommodate those folks. But who can then, you know, hopefully people that come for a day will in the future stay for a week, and people that stay for a week will stay for a month, and people that stay for a month will stay for a year, and so on and so forth. And the more people we can introduce to all the great things that are in our in our area, in our in our village, in our town, in our region, I think it will just lead to a lot of uh, great things. Some of which, uh, you know, excited to for the unknown, I suppose.
0: Yeah, no doubt. Where where can uh, listeners find out more about you and your businesses, Phil?
1: Well, uh, for real estate, we have Phil and Sarah That's where uh, that's our home base for the for the real estate so with my partner and our team. But uh, there's a hotel Philco Instagram. There's a hotel Philco Facebook. There's a South Coast Cookhouse Instagram and Facebook. So on, we you know try to have a pretty good presence uh, online. That's how a lot of marketing gets done uh, nowadays, and uh, obviously it's pretty cost-effective as well. But if you want to follow along with the development of uh, the hotel, that's where it is. It's very very grassroots, and watch me fumble my way through opening a hotel. Uh, real quickly, I I, I saw a um, a movie. I was on my way somewhere before the pandemic, and I think it was called the Most Amazing Marigold Hotel or the Most. Oh uh, yeah most yeah brings it yeah. 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 So it's about a guy who inherited a hotel and um, he wants to turn it into like this resort or reopen the hotel and everything that he does just goes wrong and it doesn't quite work out and nothing kind of works out. And he kept saying this sort of same phrase that he had. And he basically said, everything will work out in the end and if it hasn't worked out yet, it's not the end. And um, geez, that really resonated with me. In fact, I don't know if you can see it, but I have it tattooed on my arm here.
0: Oh, wow. Yeah. I would say that resonated.
1: and, it, and it's, it's just a reminder that, you know, I really believe everything will work. If you believe in it enough and you're willing to work for it, everything will work out in the end. And if there's moments when it hasn't worked out yet, well, maybe it's not the end. You know, maybe it's just part of part of the journey. We'd be able to look back and say, wow, that was a tough time. but But it really forced me to sort of pull up my socks and roll up my sleeves and get down to business. So if it hasn't worked out yet, it doesn't mean it's not going to work out. So that, because it was a hotel... And that's what I was doing at the time. I thought, well, this is like speaking to me. So um, I always remember that saying, I just wanted to sort of share that, that yeah. maybe people remember that if they're going through some times and things aren't going quite according to plan, well, that's okay because nothing ever goes according to plan. But how do you adapt and how do you overcome? And uh, how are you going to uh, maintain that goal of yours and, and and get to the finish line? And and I hope there's a finish line on site for me. I don't know when it'll ever be, but uh, I'll just keep searching for it, running towards it. And hopefully one day I'll I'll get there. All right.
0: Well, I think on that note, maybe we can uh, close this out. But I must say again, Phil, it's been a pleasure. And I've really enjoyed listening to all of this. And I'm sure listeners are going to enjoy it as well. So thanks so much for taking some time and joining the show.
1: It is absolutely my pleasure. Thank you so much for asking me to be on it. And uh, I hope I, I did you proud. I hope I carried myself well enough. And I hope your listeners uh, uh, enjoy uh, enjoy the podcast.
0: Yeah, I'm sure they will. And if they do, I mean, you can head on over to YouTube where we do have the full video episodes of this show or this episode. You'll be able to check out the actual imagery attached to all of this discussion. So please do that. And if you do head over there, It is a new platform that we did launch, so it does need a bit of love. Please hit subscribe. It would help. And also, too, you can rate, review, and subscribe wherever you access your podcasts. And finally, don't forget to tune in to the next episode of Life As A, where we'll continue to explore and unearth the details of professions and the people behind them. I'm your host, Christopher Schoenwald. Until next time, stay curious about life and living.